Hello, cat. Hi. Would you like a cookie? Um, it depends on the kind of cookie. It would need to go with my red wine. I'd advise you don't accept the cookie, and yet, at the same time, I want you to take a cookie. I want you to take a cookie so badly. Um, I'll pass on the cookie. Are you sure you don't want a cookie? Uh, pretty sure. What about two cookies? Okay, now you're speaking my language. I could do two cookies, but... All right. I am still going to need to know what kind of cookie they are. They are Oreos, but also there are chocolate chips melted onto the top in the shape of a smiley face. Just like extra chocolate. It's actually a new invention I've just created. They're called Oreo Snaps. Oreo Snaps? Yeah. I mean, it sounds pretty good. Like, Oreo with extra chocolate does not sound like something I would object to. No, of course not. Why would you? I wonder if anyone's ever made weed Oreos. I feel like it's almost impossible that someone hasn't, right? Or like, generic sandwich cookie. It doesn't necessarily need to be an Oreo. It could be Hydrox. I mean, I could probably walk into a shop here and get some. I think we're ready to start the episode. I think so, too. Hello, and welcome to Unsound Theories. I'm Kat. I'm Kira. And we watch movies with no sound and no subtitles, and try to figure out what the hell is going on. Spoilers! We don't. Okay, so what did I make us watch this week, Kira? Okay, so this week we watched Odd Thomas. Odd Thomas. Odd Thomas. Um, which, from what I gathered, is based on a Dean Koontz novel. Um, what I, ga- I gathered that based on the fact that um, at the end of the movie it said based on the novel by Dean Koontz. <laughs> yeah, tr- true, true. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, this movie stars Willem Dafoe and Anton Yelchin. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it was actually pretty fun. I actually it was a it was a it was a rip and watch for me. I enjoyed it a lot. So it was a very entertaining action movie. Um, it was a great vehicle for Anton Yelchin who. You know, it is a very terrible shame that he died, especially in the way that he did. Um, sorry for the spoilers if you didn't know that the actor who played Odd Thomas died. 
<laughs> Sorry. Uh, 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 I was very, like, legitimately excited when I I saw Willem Dafoe on screen, and I could I... not help thinking to myself, hell yes, we have the hog monster himself. <laughs> the hog, okay, can you explain the hog monster? Oh, he's got... <laughs> We've we've talked about this in one of our episodes bef- before, but Willem Dafoe, famously huge dick. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry, I forgot about that. I locked it out of my mind. <laughs> Just like, okay, that's a bit of information I'm immediately going to forget. It's one of how, the convenient parts of having ADHD. How, how could you forget, and why would you want to forget? Because I don't want to know what Willem Dafoe's dick looks like. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what it looks like. I just know the, that that is um, upsettingly <laughs> sized. Upsettingly prodigious? It's like a fucking kaiju. I mean... <laughs> it's just that it's attached to Willem Dafoe. I mean, yeah. That is problematic. For 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 my personal enjoyment of it, definitely. So your excitement about Willem Dafoe was probably probably did match my excitement about Anton Yelchin. Yeah, because like I got really excited because I was like, oh, I forgot he was in this movie, and I love him in everything I've ever seen him in. Mm-hmm. Um, he was Chekhov in the Star Trek Kelvinverse reboots. He was yes, and um. Oh god, what else was he in? He was in a lot of really neat stuff. He very much a working actor right up until his untimely death. And, you know, not gonna dwell on that too much longer. Mm-hmm. But, spoilers, it's pretty relevant for the movie. Yeah. So, do we want to kind of give our attempt at a story beat summary? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we... We open the movie, and Odd Thomas, um, I, I do believe his name is actually Odd. Yes. Um, <clears throat> that's, that's what I've gathered. Sees a dead woman who leads him to the person who killed her, and he chases that dude down and destroys a house a little bit while fighting him. Mm-hmm. And then the police come and arrest him for... And, this is a dynamic I had some questions about is do the do the police know that this man is a is a is a psychic man who does who does the seeing of the dead people? I was they're... under the impression that Willem Dafoe played um I don't know his, his uh, even Thomas, odd Thomas's father. You think it's his dad? I think so. Huh. Okay. Which is why he picks up the phone whenever Odd calls him. Odd always calls him while he's fucking. Yes. It's like <laughs> uncanny. <laughs> so like, either this is some weird psychic shit, or he's just always fucking. Which, I mean... I mean, if you're working with Willem Dafoe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so like, we get this weird flash at some point of a woman with a knife being taken away in a straitjacket, and I don't think that's ever really revisited or explained I, I without feel like 
Yeah, I don't know. I um, that maybe just just like a, a demonstration of his psychic powers and the fact that he has this town's um, police department just sort of at his bidding. Yeah, he's like a local hero or something. Yeah. Um. So after catching the bad guy, he goes to work. Mm-hmm. He's a cook. Where he's a line cook at a diner. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like he's pretty popular. Yeah, people He's good I've... with kids. Yeah. He's a very talented cook, and he has a super hot girlfriend. Yeah, everyone's very chummy with him, which does seem a little bit weird for, like, a small town that has a lot of murders. Yeah, but at the same time, it doesn't seem like it's that small of a town, considering it looks a lot like it's just L.A. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it's, I think it's, it's definitely supposed to be, like, a small town, right? Uh, that's not the vibe that I got, but it, it, cause, I, I think the problem is that this movie has terminal L.A. brain. Yeah. And it, it, it just, like, there's a very particular way that things look in Southern California, particularly around the Los Angeles area, that gives it a very strong and very indicative <clears throat> vibe where it's like almost still a little bit trapped in the 80s True. or the early 90s Which but is yet at the same time modern on the inside and like it's you know it's the way that the facades of the buildings because the infrastructure stopped being updated in the 80s uh all still has that 80s vibe to it yeah that's interesting, because I picked up from some of the reviews that I read that this was filmed in New Mexico. Weird. Yeah. I could have sworn this was, like, that's interesting to learn. Uh-huh. <laughs> it might change how I frame this entire movie. Oh, no. So I guess if he is, like, small town hero, that, that... I guess that doesn't change that much from, like, neighborhood hero, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, he's definitely, like, a local hero. Um... And everyone loves him, and his girlfriend is super into him, and they totally mm-hmm. kiss in the kitchen. The girlfriend's name is Stormy. Yes. Which is an extremely... It's, it's a movie name. It's definitely... It feels like a made-up name. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so he starts seeing more visions of things. Yeah. With his psychic powers. Yeah, and he, he sees these, like, weird, like... It's like, what if you crossed the Demogorgon from Stranger Things with one of those shrimp that's, like, completely see-through? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but, like, it's also got a little bit of, like, um, a jackal. Yeah, yeah. And and then also just a, just a touch of the, of the, like, pollution villain from Fern Gully. It's mm-hmm, got, mm-hmm, it's got mm-hmm. that sass. Yeah. And it's, like, a little drippy, too. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, that one Monster Hunter World monster that's got, like, the skin coming off of it. Oh, are we talking- the- the dragon? Yeah. I wanna say Valhazak, but I can't Yeah, 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 that's the one. That's the one. It was either that or Kezu. And Kezu's more like a weird penis thing. Yeah, I do not like the Kezu. No, not a fan at all. Yeah, have you- okay, have you seen Stranger Things? I have seen the first three seasons. I have not seen Stranger Things, but I have played as the demo doggy in Dead by Daylight. 
Okay. So I know what the gamer holes look like that it comes out of. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the cosmic buttholes that the monsters in this come out of look very similar. Yes, they do. I wonder if there's any influence from this movie on the like look and feel of the um, reality vaginas that are <laughs> in Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah. Hannah and I always just called them gamer holes. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, gamer holes is a... It's not what I would call it, but <laughs> go with it. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, at one point, some eyeless dudes in bowling shirts show up and start carrying him away and he gets shot. Yeah, not sure um, what that was. This is foreshadowing, I think. I, I literally just realized that it was foreshadowing. So he sees this weird looking gentleman come into the diner mm-hmm. and immediately get mobbed by these invisible things who were also sniffing at Stormy for a while. Yeah. Now, my theory is that these weird, invisible, um, wh- what do we want to call these guys? Um, gamer shrimp? Gamer shrimp works. <laughs> so, <laughs> these gamer shrimp, I think, are, like, reapers, if that makes sense. And they follow around someone who's about to die. I, I got the impression, okay... So there were there were a couple of theories I had. I thought maybe they were like sort of otherworldly entities who like al- almost uh, um, Mothman style show up where there's going to be a tragedy and shit like that. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And and like that sort of thing attracts them. But then I believe I was disproven because later in the movie, one of the bad boy cops um, is running away. And gets possessed by one of these things, and it and it makes him go do more bad stuff. So I think they're causing it. But I think so. We're thinking that the gamer shrimp are partly to blame for this weird sort of, I think, Satanist terrorist cell. Okay, so <clears throat> they, I, I like maybe they're Satanist. But they also did all have P.O.D. tattoos, and wasn't that, like, a Christian band from the 90s? Um, yeah, they were a Christian metal band. <laughs> so, what- They did that song, Youth of the Nation. Yeah. So what's going on here? These are these are Christian terrorists. And they're inspired by Youth of the Nation. Yeah. Potentially. I don't know, I feel like you'd get sued if that was- in any way part of the movie, but um, also I don't think Dean Koontz would have written that into an awful... I mean, maybe. <laughs> Probably not, but you really never know. Maybe it's he true. just has mad beef with the band. It's true. I mean, better people have been Koontzed before. <laughs> uh, God, we got so sidetracked already. Um, uh, this that's just the way the show goes, and that's what makes the show great. True, true, true. So we find out that this POD gentleman, yeah, yeah, who, the, or the the weird gentleman who we does, don't know has a POD tattoo yet. Not yet, not yet. But he does have like real big 
um, like men in black cockroach alien guy vibes. Yes, he does. That's exactly the vibe that I got off of him. Like, yeah, uh, a- an alien wearing a human suit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like skin slightly too small for his body. Yeah. Um. So they go to this guy's house. It's full of files about serial killers. Mm-hmm. Um. And Odd narrowly escapes. We also meet these dogs. Yeah. Who are very angry. Um, they will come into play later when one of Odd's friends gets killed by the dogs because the dogs are secretly part of this cult, or at least abused by the cult. Okay, I don't is that know. one of Odd's friends? I think so. I think she's like the one of the cops' girlfriends. Yeah, she shows up at a party that he's attending at one point. Yeah, he, she's. I, I'm pretty sure he's like one of the one of the bad guy cops. Uh, I just to just say cop. One of the cops' um, girlfriends. girlfriends, and and she yes. like she's there, and she hits on Odd for some reason while he's grilling. Yeah, he's grilling like some really kind of nasty looking meat. Yeah, yeah, and she she's definitely trying to bone down with him. Okay, on a scale of um, Star Games to Wolfgang Puck, where would you rate these steaks? <laughs> um. <laughs> I I mean I would put them solidly at Odd Thomas. That's a good rating. That's a perfect rating actually. Yeah. Uh, they definitely looked like better cuts of meat than the like very shitty steaks that the mom was grilling in Star Games. Yeah, yeah. No, those were disgusting. But they they may as well have been shoe leather. <laughs> There's a lot of cooking in this movie. Yeah. But also not nearly enough. Uh, We find out that Stormy works at an ice cream shop in the mall. That's Mm -hmm. an important fact of the story that will come back later. Yeah. There's a scene where she's scooping ice cream and she accidentally flings it onto the ceiling and then she just waits for it to drip off of the ceiling and catches it in an ice cream cone and gives it to a child. Which seems like a wild violation of numerous health codes. (laughs) So many, so many health codes. You can't do that. I'm sorry, Stormy, but you can't do that. Also, at one point, um, Odd and Stormy have a picnic in, on top of a church in the, like, Belfry. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is possibly the strangest location for a picnic I've ever seen. Yeah, it also really looked like they green-screened that, which did seem a little bit weird. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's one of those things. They're gonna throw green screen into these movies because it's cheaper than actually filming on location for whatever reason. I suppose. That reason is because they don't pay their CG artists. (laughs) True. Um, and at that point, Patton Oswalt shows up. No, at the, he shows up after the church. After the church, yeah, yes. yeah, because the I'm skipping ahead. Cockroach man shows up at the church and tries to kill them or something. Yes, and they escape somehow. Yeah, um, and then then Patton Oswald shows up, and I wrote, "Oh fuck, Patton Oswald is he here to defend Dave Chappelle's transphobia?" Oh no, <laughs> hate to see it. And yet, it happened. Um, <sighs> so it was at this point that the album sync that i was doing the album ended oh yeah did you go for a new album or did you just restart um no i went for a new album so okay. i started with shiok disco by lisa leblanc mm-hmm. which really hit like 
Because there's a lot of upbeat disco type music that really paced well with the action at the start of the movie. Fair. It didn't sync exactly, but it definitely hit correctly tonally. And then I pivoted to a um, klezmer band, Brivilla, and listened to some Yiddish uh, workers' music, which is exactly atonal to this movie. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. But it was fun. A lot happens. I think this movie takes place mostly over the course of a single day. Yes. Yeah. Odd does a, a lot of stuff in one day. He does. There's a lot of crimes to solve and and people to meet and discover dead. Um, and also, weirdly, dates to have. Yeah. Because it looks like he and Stormy go on no fewer than four dates. I mean, they are very into each other, clearly. Yes. Like, Some... They're extremely... They're that like couple that's been together since high school yeah that just haven't stopped being all over each other despite the fact that they're in their late 20s now oh, and Kat, really should be getting married cat some of the reviewers had some thoughts about that we'll get to that uh, you've sent me some of them and <laughs> i am just <laughs> it was a shocking number of people uh, so they, at some point after the church, go to a bowling alley yeah. where Odd sees the uniforms of the faceless people from his vision. Mm-hmm. And they, like, try to bowl, but Odd's like, no, we gotta leave, we gotta leave, we gotta leave, we gotta leave. So they leave. Yeah. So in my notes, I wrote, for sale, bowling shoes never worn. <laughs> yes. Um, I, at this point, thought there was, like, a countdown to midnight happening or something like that, but that doesn't seem to be the case. Mm. Yeah, the, the, the disaster doesn't happen till the next day. Yeah, so, um, but, more tragedy, the dogs that, um, the cockroach man had have chased down girl who hit on him from the party, cop's girlfriend. Yeah. And, uh, chomped her to death. Mm-hmm. She Which did. is, yep, one of the many tragedies that happen in this movie. Yeah. We'll get the information on that on a flashback later on. Yeah. Uh, but Willem Dafoe shows up because he got interrupted in the middle of having sex with his wife. Yeah. Again. Again. This being, like, maybe the third time. And they're like, oh, well, uh-oh. Um, at some point, Odd is given a necklace. Yeah, yeah. Which he gives to Willem Dafoe. It's like this big, solid chunk of metal in the shape of like a human heart. Yes. Um, and then, and then later, someone tries to kill Willem Dafoe, but miraculously, he was wearing that necklace, and it stopped the bullets by blocking the bullets from hitting him in the heart. Yeah. So it was um, heart armor, like you do. So uh, the cockroach man we find dead in odd's bathtub mm-hmm. um possibly that they that the people behind this have been looking to set odd up which is where odd begins to suspect that this man isn't working alone that there's some sort of greater existential threat yeah also this guy has a bunch of yellow gunk coming out of his mouth yeah not sure about that one i i don't think that was ever explained or relevant i don't i don't know either so he goes back to this Roachman's house and discovers plans for putting a bunch of 
explosives into like a mail truck. Yeah. And blowing that up somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the fridge is, as it turns out, is full of like just a bunch of human body parts. Yeah. Um, and then the house then... ends up being blown up by the gamer shrimp, right? No, no. The ghost of Cockroach Man shows up and, and fucking poltergeists the place. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he gets poltergeisted. Yeah. Odd gets like I smashed assume... against the wall with the refrigerator. Yes, and then the um the stove comes off of the wall and there's a small fire and Odd's yeah. like, wait, stove, fire, gas, oh no, and dives out the window. I do think it is uh it I feel like part of that scene was foreshadowing a little bit in that um Odd was fridged, and then later on, his girlfriend was also. Yep. No, that 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 checks out. <laughs> um. So, I wonder if he like learned something about Pod when I... the ghost said something to him, thinking he had figured it all out. Maybe. I I don't know. Either way, he goes back to this former jail slash adult bookstore yeah that was weird and wherein there's like a i think it's uh it's an execution chamber like it's a small gas chamber or something that he puts his body in gas chamber thing because because he he like hid the body because he didn't want to because he figured someone was trying to frame him for murder so he he hid it there right so he opens this chamber back up there's some flies already yeah um and he pushes the bullet hole because the got the roachman got shot in the chest. He pushes the bullet hole closed and sees the pod tattoo. Yeah. And then he has a flashback and goes, oh, "Wait a minute! One of these cops had a pod tattoo." Yeah. So now he has a vision of these people planning whatever they're planning, and there's two of them there instead of just the one. Yeah. Um. He. I, I guess he somehow figures out that they're gonna blow up the mall. I think it's because he's like visiting his girlfriend and they're getting lunch at the mall or something like that, and the bowling mm-hmm. team sits down next to them. And he's like, "Oh wait, this is part of my vision. These people are gonna get shot." Yeah, I don't know. It's it was weird. It's very odd. It, I mean, it was odd. Yeah, it's in the name, so you have to expect it. So, um, we find out. As the movie continues onward, that there was a third person involved. Because mm-hmm. he, he like, goes down to uh, mall, security. mall security and finds, like, uh, someone, it like, in a mask and stuff, smashes the fuck out of the man with a baseball bat. Yeah, there was some uh, graphic scenes of a man missing teeth from getting them smashed in with a baseball bat yeah um he pulls his mask off and it's a different it's the other cop that wasn't the one he already knew was the bad guy so he's like oh my god there's even more people in on this so now we get the vision of the planning but we're three people this time yeah odd does kill a lot of cops (laughs) good for him i know it's Um, great he then rushes into the mall to try to get people out or something. Yeah. But then there's already a shooter and they lock the doors. So right. So can't get out. And then... Odd has taken the cop's gun. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but there are only like four bullets left in it. Yeah. He checks the chamber. So he sees the the gunman now because there's a gunman in the mall and the doors are all locked. He sees the gunman about to shoot up the ice cream shop, which he doesn't want to have happen because that's where Stormy works. Yeah, and she's there working it at the time. And he goes into hero mode. Yeah. And shoots this guy while he's reloading mm-hmm. with the pistol. And then we see Stormy stand up and she's covered in ice cream. Yeah. But otherwise unharmed. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. <laughs> she was not unharmed was... and that was not ice cream. Yeah. She she done been deaded. And he just hallucinated that it was ice cream instead. Yeah. Poor little guy. Um, and then and then he goes and he goes down to like the the basement of the mall or something, and there's the the mail truck that with the explosives and um Oh, we forgot to mention that he pulls the mask off of the gunman and it turns out there's a fourth conspirator. Yeah. <clears throat> and then he um he goes, he finds the final uh cop and uh hot wires the van hot wires the van um drives off with it because he he uh, he can't defuse the bomb and it's set to go off in like two minutes and the cop like mm-hmm. jumps onto the van and is like trying to shoot at him and through the window and then and odd does get shot a few times yeah um and then he jumps out of the moving van and the van falls into like a little like artificial yeah ravine thing and that somehow contains the explosion it looked like the la river to me yeah yeah it had big bat vibes and that that kept the explosion inside it did not go above the margins of Mm -hmm. that um so we we can thank modern uh and 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 magic magic for that magical engineering yeah Um, imagineering if you will (laughs) imagine yes um and then odds a big damn hero and he wakes up in the hospital and his girlfriend a is bunch there of people have signs that say odds are man and yeah and they like we love odd they give him a new apartment and he's all happy and celebrating with his girlfriend at his new apartment and then like willem dafoe and some other people show up and they're like we're so sorry your girlfriend died in this and he's like wait what and then he realizes she's been dead and blah, blah, blah. And it's all sad. And then he drives into the desert and sort of walks in the desert for a while and ends up at Las Vegas. Yeah, he walks to Vegas, yeah. which is, you know, me thinking that this was an L.A. stand-in. I was like, okay, that seems unreasonable, but potentially possible. But no, that seems basically impossible. Um, And then the movie yeah, ends the movie and... Ends. We find out that it was based on a Dean Koontz novel. Yeah. So, um, what do we think the goal of these pod people was? Just what to is our sort of cause here? mayhem and kill people. You think it was just like a killing you guy type situation? Mm-hmm. Okay, so my theory is that the pod people and the gamer shrimp are related. Well, they're clearly like... Even if the pod um, people don't necessarily know that the gamer shrimp exists, like they're clearly somehow like following the same goals. Yeah, and like it, it, it's maybe that they were being manipulated by 
voices in their heads to do this thing or something like that. Yeah. And it was the gamer shrimp the whole time. Yeah. And I think maybe they were like the gamer shrimp were attempting to bring about some sort of greater portal for them to invade the earth through. Yeah, because they did and make the- like when the when the, the shooting started, there was a real big gamer hole that opened in yes. the mall. And I, I wonder if maybe like that happens when there is some sort of like death, mm-hmm. potentially like a like the the kind of mass death that would happen from blowing up a mall. Yeah, but they do also mm-hmm. like like take control of people and cause death. Like there's a scene yes. where one of them possesses a woman who's driving and makes her run over a pedestrian. Yeah, it's very strange. Yeah, I I, I I think though that they're powered by death and they can possess people to cause more death. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to invade the Earth through this mass killing event and then, like, take over the planet, basically. Or they're, like, demons yeah. trying to win a war against heaven or some shit. And Odd is an angel or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. It might it, it might be extremely Christian. Mm, that's interesting. Maybe. Hello, listeners. It's Kat and Kira here with this week's mid-roll announcements. If you like two-player RPGs, wrestling, or cooperative storytelling, I've got a game for you. If you go to zafticat.itch.io, you'll find my latest game, Call It In The Ring, a game of tag team wrestling available for purchase. The game is still in its playtest phase and will likely have some revisions, but if you pick it up now, you can get it at its lowest possible price. Before too long, there's going to be an editor and layout artist that needs to get paid, and the price will increase. As such, now's the absolute best time to get this game. You'll be able to help influence its development and get the game at its most affordable. Check it out if you're looking for something new to play on RPG Night. I'll throw it over to Kira for another plug. So my friend Audrey made a comic for the... Um, Starforged uh, 2022 jam. I don't know exactly what that is, but uh, her comic is extremely good. It is an actual play comic, which I think is a very cool concept, and it's very well executed. So everyone should go check it out. Thanks for that plug, Kira. The relevant links will be in the show notes. If you'd like to see me blog about game development and a bunch of Tumblr BS, you can follow me on Tumblr at zafticat.tumblr.com. If you'd like to see more gay shit from Kira, you can also follow her Tumblr, sapphire-mess.tumblr.com. As always, I'm on Twitter at zafticat, and Kira is there at sapphire underscore mess. If you'd like to support us, there are a few ways you can do that. First and foremost, you can tell someone about the show. We thrive on word of mouth, and our goofy brand of weird is the perfect thing to recommend to your friends, your polycule, your found family, your biological family, and your kismesis. You could also be our favorite people in the world and leave a review for the show on the podcatcher of your choice. We're personally fans of good pods for their really neat shareability features, but whatever you prefer works for us. If you do leave a review for us, let us know via tweet or Tumblr message, and you'll get a shout out on the show. Thirdly, we'd be so grateful if you were to support us on Patreon. We make this show because we love it, not because of the money, but a little support from you goes a really long way for us, so please consider it. No integer dollar amount is too small. 
that's all for the mid-roll. I'll let past me and Kira get back to talking about this very odd movie. Cue the VCR sound. Do you want to read the summary and stuff like that now? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me what the movie was about. Okay. Give me one moment. Okay. Odd Thomas is a 2013 mystery thriller film based on Dean Koontz's 2003 novel of the same name. It is written, directed, and co-produced by Stephen Summers and stars Anton Yeltsin as Odd Thomas with Willem Dafoe as Wyatt Porter. Odd Thomas is a psychic who lives in a small town in California. He describes his ability as, I see dead people, but then, by God, I do something about it. One day, Odd has a vision of faceless people wearing bowling shirts who cry out to him to save them. A faceless gunman shoots them all, including Odd. Recovering from the disturbing dream, he goes to his job as a short-order cook. He serves lunch to a strange man named Robert Robertson, this is the cockroach man, yeah. whose hair resembles some kind of mold, which is why Odd gives him the nickname Fungus Bob. Okay. That's a better nickname than we can That is extremely I'm a little good. bit mad. Yeah. Fungus Bob is surrounded by dozens of Bodocks. Okay. Invisible creatures that feed on evil and carnage whom only Odd can see. Odd's co-worker, Viola Peabody, recounts a strange dream where she saw herself shot with another man. The man's clothing is identical to that worn by the faceless people in Odd's vision. Odd uses his psychic magnetism to pursue Fungus Bob. The trail leads to a mall where Odd's girlfriend, Stormy, is a manager at an ice cream shop. Odd follows Fungus Bob to his house, breaking in once Bob leaves. Odd finds a file containing newspaper clippings of mass murders arranged by name. There's a blank calendar page for the next day. Odd realizes that Robertson is planning something bad on that date. Odd reports this to Chief Porter at his house and meets Officer Eccles and Lisette. Porter assigns the two deputies to follow Fungus Bob. Odd meets Stormy for dinner in the belfry of a church. He sees Fungus Bob approaching and they flee to the... Oh god, Christian words. Oh no. Hate to see it. Sacristy? I have no fucking clue. Which Robertson destroys as they escape. Stormy calls Chief Porter, who finds the church vandalized but no evidence to link it to Robertson. Odd psychic magnetism leads him and Stormy to a bowling alley where... The bowling shirts from his vision have just become the new uniform. Chief Porter sends Officer Simon Varner to watch the place on Odd's advice. Varner asks Odd about Robertson, and is suspicious to learn that Odd encountered him only a few hours ago. Viola remembers more details of her dream. She tells Odd that she and the man in the bowling shirt were not the only victims of the shooting, but a large group of people were killed. Odd sees Bodox hovering over Viola's daughters, and he advises her to leave town with her daughters immediately. While driving home, Stormy is overcome with the fear for Odd's safety, and he tries to comfort her. They hear a woman screaming. Odd finds Chief Porter's wife with Lisette, who's been mauled to death by dogs resembling those at Robertson's home. Odd finds Fungus Bob shot to death in his bathtub with evidence framing Odd for the murder. Odd surmises that if he goes to the police, Porter will be compelled to arrest him based on the evidence, keeping him from preventing the next day's disaster. He discovers that Bob has been dead for quite some time and deduces that the encounter at the church was with the dead man's restless spirit. Chief Porter is shot in a home invasion. Odd rushes to the hospital and learns that Porter is alive thanks to a metal trinket Odd had given to him, but in serious condition. Returning to Bob's home, Odd finds a receipt for a moving van and improvised explosives and browser bookmarks for satanic websites. 
He searches the fridge and freezer and discovers various human body parts as well. Robertson's poltergeist destroys the house as Odd escapes, though he loses his cell phone in the process. Odd investigates Bob's fatal bullet wound and finds a tattoo matching Varner's. He realizes that P.O.D. is an abbreviation for Prince of Darkness. Okay. Odd realizes that Robertson was eliminated by his co-conspirators because Odd had begun to look into him. Odd's psychic magnetism leads him back to the mall, where Officer Eccles has murdered the mall security staff. Odd disables him with a baseball bat. He takes Eccles' pistol and seeks out Varner. Hearing the screams from the end of the mall where Stormy works, he hurries to the site and spots another gunman firing an automatic weapon. Odd fires at the gunman with Eccles' weapon, killing him as he attempts to reload. The lingering spirit of Lisette, the woman murdered by the dogs, appears, directing him to the loading dock. He discovers Bob's moving van packed with explosives on a timer, apparently part of the plan to kill the shoppers in the mall and the arriving first responders. Odd manages to start the van and drive it away from the mall when Varner returns and shoots Odd. Varner clings to the outside of the van, attempting to finish Odd off. Odd jumps from the van as Varner enters the cab and the van crashes into a man-made canal and explodes, incinerating Varner but killing no one else. Odd wakes in the hospital to Stormy tending him. Viola greets him and tells him that Porter has been released from intensive care and that Odd is a local hero. Later, Odd retreats to Stormy's apartment to enjoy uninterrupted time with her. Porter, his wife, and Viola arrive and reveal what he already knows. Stormy was killed in the mall shooting and he's been spending time with her lingering spirit. Porter, realizing that Stormy is staying in this world only for Odd, advises him to let her go. Odd bids a tearful farewell, promising that they'll be reunited one day. Then Odd travels to Vegas to continue his crusade, helping the living and the lingering dead, believing that he is not yet worthy of an afterlife with Stormy. (laughs) Alright. Also, nowhere in the text of the movie, but in the credits, Stormy's real name is Bronwyn. Interesting. I like Um, like Stormy as a name better. I like Bronwyn as a name better. I don't know. It's hard to choose. I think Bronwyn is a much better name than Stormy. It's a classic name, and it's not used nearly often enough. I... That said, um, the radio station that I listened to, WFMU, um, did have two DJs named Bronwyn at one time, <laughs> which is uncanny. That's wild. It's a little weird. Um, so, would you like to know some other facts about this film? I would love to. Also, I will let you know, I have like 25 extremely good Amazon reviews for us. We will get to that very shortly. Um... The budget was $27 million. Would you like to know the box office? Uh, less than that. $1.3 million. Yankaronis. Real box office bomb. You hate to see it. Emma from the bedroom said something about Morbius. It did better than Morbius, that's true. <laughs> I get fucked. I can't believe they're bringing Morbius back to bomb a second time because they think everyone likes it from the memes. They did, though. Like, they already did. It re-premiered in theaters on Friday. Yeah, exactly. And it made (laughs) $85,000. Fuck. That is so extremely... I love... Oh, my God. It averaged $82 per theater. (laughs) Fuck. That makes me so happy. I am so glad that the meme died out just enough in time for them to re-release it 
that it royally fucked them over. Well, also, like, part of the funniness of the meme was that nobody had seen the movie and nobody was gonna see the movie. So they really misjudged trying to bring it back. And I love that. It's extremely good for me. Okay, so, um, interesting fact. Uh, Bodoc is a trickster or boogeyman feature in Gaelic folklore. So maybe this is connected to um, this whole story could, in some strange and interesting way, the Odd Thomas cinematic universe could be connected to um, Gaelic folklore in some way. That wouldn't surprise me. And I think that would be neat. Yeah. Um, Oh, there's more than one Odd Thomas book. Yeah, there's like five of them or something like that. There's Odd Thomas, Forever Odd, Brother Odd, Odd Hours, a graphic novel prequel called In Odd We Trust, another graphic novel prequel called Odds on Our Side, another graphic novel prequel called House of Odd, Odd Interlude, a three-part novella, Odd Apocalypse, Deeply Odd, and Saint Odd. That's... I mean, I'm actually kind of tempted to... to pick up the book get into the odd yeah autoverse yeah well there's a um there's a there's a chronological order that you can enjoy them in yeah listed on the odd thomas parentheses character wikipedia page good to know there's also a web series called odd passenger which takes place between brother odd and odd hours (laughs) do you want some reviews should we get started on this train of greatness I would love to. Okay, Cynthia gives it five stars and says, Everything I need in a movie. I don't know why the fuck people saying it was bad. They just don't have good taste in movies and are very picky. This movie was everything I needed in a movie. Even though it is sad, it doesn't make it bad. Overall, 10 out of 10 am recommending. <clears throat> Overall, 10 out of 10. Yes. Um. Yeah, I mean, that seems like it's someone who enjoyed this movie. Yeah. Uh, Kent McConnell gives it five stars and says, watch the movie. My daughter loves the books and I am too old to read. So why not watch the movie? (laughs) I can stay awake for that. (laughs) I am too old to read. (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, Kenny gives it five stars. This review is titled, I'm the big sad. And it reads... (laughs) Um, it reads, and this is in all caps, I won't yell this one, but this entire thing is in all caps. I'm the big sad, 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 I'm the big sad. Listener, this goes on for another 30 seconds. I am going to edit this down to spare you that time. I'm the big sad, 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 I'm the big sad. I wonder how this guy feels after watching this movie. (laughs) Seems to have enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, as long as he's not big sad, then things should be okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Oh my god, wait, Kira, I just found out something incredible. Yeah? In the books, Mr. Thomas, odd if I may... Mm -hmm is frequently assisted by the uncrossed-over spirit of Elvis Presley. Yes, there were a lot of people in the reviews disappointed that Elvis didn't play a bigger part in the movie. (laughs) I mean, you know, I'm kind of with them. I wish Ghost Elvis had showed up. This movie would have been so much better if Elvis' ghost had been like, 
Oh. He did have an Elvis cardboard cutout in his apartment. That's true. Okay, Robin gives us five stars, and it's titled, Anton Yelchin is Wonderful as Odd Thomas. It reads, Anton Yelchin makes this movie. His chemistry with the leading lady is great, as are many of the supporting players. The only negative is the way the costume designer dresses the young women. He or she apparently has a leg and butt fetish. Though I've seen it many times, it always gets me in the end. Um, the costumes? Or... (laughs) We may never know. Uh, what do you mean by gets me in the end? Because <laughs> that could have multiple meanings after you've just spoken about a leg and butt fetish. <laughs> extremely true. Oh my god. Um, our next review is from someone whose name on this website is Retired Soldier Slash Sailor. And they are a top yep. 1,000 reviewer who gives it five stars. Oh, that, that seems about right. <laughs> yes. Uh, this review is titled... Damn, this was good. Even my wife liked it, but we toured in the area in which it was filmed and were married in Las Vegas. That's the title. And it reads, I loved it. I'm 65, so I just don't know all the actors' names anymore. This one stars a quote-unquote hot babe and the fellow that plays Ensign Chekhov in the recent Star Trek reboots. All of the actors and actresses excelled in their parts, and I actually didn't see the twist coming in the end. Reasonably, reasonably priced too. Good review, actually. Yeah, I, I was expecting far more like unhinged Bob G. Shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, this movie did get me launched into a discussion about what I thought about the Star Trek reboots with Aaron, and like I think ultimately they were bad movies, but all of the actors did a really tremendous job at playing the characters. And, like, really actually making the characters feel like fleshed-out versions of their interpretation of the original actors, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, like, I, I, I can't complain about any of the casting, and I can't complain about any of the acting, but the scripts were just god-awful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, like, the plot was so bad in each one of those movies. Yeah. Can't say I was a fan. But at the same time, like, Simon Pegg was perfect as Scotty, right? Like, who else would you cast? Yeah. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I have another review from Ken Newhart. Uh, gives it five stars, and titles, uh, the title is... Any relation to Bob? None, none that I can tell. Um, it is, it is called For Girlfriend, and the review reads, it was for the girlfriend. (laughs) Now, is that the entire review? Okay, so, do we think he's referring to his girlfriend, (laughs) and he reviewed it after having purchased it for his girlfriend? Uh... Or do we think he meant that the movie was for Stormy? Ooh, that's a good question. Is there a deeper, is there deeper meaning to this, that the relationship with Stormy is so quintessential to the plot of this movie that it is for girlfriend mm, i think probably actually both it is i would both. say both That's, yeah I, th- I i don't think you're wrong yeah amazon customer gives us one star and says read the comments or that the, the, it's titled read the comments first and it reads <clears throat> if you didn't you probably thought the trailer was good yep it is Yep is did to they the constant witty batter that 
banter that just got worse and never stopped. It only got good at the end when his girlfriend died because I knew I could move on to a better place just like his dead girlfriend. <laughs> That's the most brutal review. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Amazon customer gives this one star and it is titled Horrible, Horrible, Horrible. And it reads, horrible, 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 cried, good only for low, underachieving juveniles. <laughs> good only for underachieving the juveniles. Only, the only words that in that sentence that were not in caps were good only. <clears throat> Love it. Um, WP Treller gives us one star and titles this review, Dangerous Genre. <laughs> This is where we okay. this is where we get a little bit Bob G. <laughs> and says movies like this gives give dangerous ideas to impressionable minds. I found the bowling green inference to be disgusting. Wait, what? <laughs> the bowling green inference? Now, okay, I may be mistaken. Is this like a reference to the bowling green massacre? I th that thing that didn't happen? I think so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Here's someone who needs to work on their phrasing. Their name is Sailing on Grace, and they titled it next, giving mm -hmm. it one star. And they say, I lasted three minutes. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's a little personal. <laughs> I think, I mean... You might want to work on your stand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Magic Pink. Uh, I'm I'm trying to blaze through these because I literally have like another twelve tabs worth of these. Oh my god. <laughs> Ma Keep Magic going. Pink gives it one star. It's titled "One of the Worst Films Ever," and says, "Holy cow! This thing was poop from a butt." <laughs> <laughs> Brutally, <laughs> brutally sexist with some of the worst dialogue I've ever, ever heard. It was written by Dean Koontz, if that tells you anything. He can spin a good mystery, but that's it. The women were all either victims, inspiration for the men, or pathetic background eye candy, or at times, all three. The logic drops were insane, and the constant insane reminders that the main character is odd and strange and so adorable eventually just got ridiculous. It was like watching an extremely bad pilot for what would have been an extremely bad copy of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Avoid. Poop from a butt. <laughs> it's poop from a butt. <laughs> okay, next review. Next review from Evan Freyberg. New category for awful ratings. One star. If one could give negative stars, I would give it negative five. Better yet, I've devised a new rating system for this ill-conceived piece of shit. No information about the new rating system. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's um, okay. Chuck T gives it two stars, <clears throat> titled Second Time Around, and you see this movie's real wizardy. It says, I liked this movie when I first saw it. Years later, I can see that it's just Hollywood propaganda. Even some players that love you young ones. P-P-O. 
anti-Christian, that's obvious, and I am not even a religious man. I am not talking the demons and magical powers. I'm all for fantasy films, but this movie crosses into a narrative with the whole movie being just a jab at morality and God. The police chief is always trying to get laid. Tits and ass all over. I don't mind the tits and ass, but again, after you see these piles of prop for what they are, you can't enjoy them. Just eye candy with another bad undertone. So what I'm hearing is that this movie is anti-Christian and therefore very good. And there's tits and ass. <laughs> and there's tits and ass. And, like, I won't complain about tits and ass. I mean, yeah. like, they wore some very booty short booty short. Yeah. Moniker gives it two stars and titles this review, Okay. And says, minus three stars since this movie encourages police brutality. It does it? I think they mean it encourages violence against police, which in my book, plus three stars for that. Uh, movie Tuesday. This is a fucking banger of a review, Cat. I'm so excited to attempt to read this. Uh, is, this review is titled Vetty Vetty Odd, and they give it two stars. Okay. And this review. <laughs> This review reads... <laughs> oh god, okay, if you're gonna Justin McElroy through this review, <laughs> then I know it's gotta be... <laughs> you have no idea! <laughs> okay, okay, I can do this. <clears throat> meat and taters, taters and meat. This crazy film is not that neat, and is truly not a treat. Like would be you smelling my feet. While well, you move to the beat of the drum sound made by smacking a seat. <laughs> po po poetic? I genuinely cannot tell. Uh, yeah. It just, it, mm. Yeah, yeah. Jessica gives us three stars and titles their, their review. Uh, can I have my hour of my life back, please? And says... Not so much, dude. Watching average losers and weirdos makes me feel awkward in real life and on TV. I'm no hater, you know. Do you? I ain't mad. You know who they are. Sorry, Willem. Not your best choice in scripts. Fire your agent. Probably a good movie for tweens. Sounds about right. Mm -hmm. Birdwatcher gives it four stars and titles the review Modesty is Dead. <laughs> okay. And says, welcome to Pico Mundo and the Bodak and Bounce Festival. It is an interesting film with good monster sightings, interesting characters, sort of juvie dialogue, and lots of boobage. Could do without the slutware and focus on not romance but sex. Still, it is moderately entertaining, and yes, modesty seems to be dead along with chastity. Less really is more. More is usually just redundant. And that is R-E-D-U-M-B-D-A-N-T. Very, very Bob G. <laughs> extremely Bob G. Um, <laughs> um, God, There's, it's, it's, it's just a nonstop people disappointing about the characters kissing fest. Mm -hmm. um, Amazon customer gives this four stars, <laughs> titles it... A good simp movie for the young man out here. <laughs> <laughs> and it reads, I didn't like the fact they always make man look like an idiot around beautiful girl. Uh, yeah, it's a simp it's movie, a, huh? It's a simp movie. Okay, sorry. I'm going through the um, Odd Thomas series Wikipedia pages. Uh -huh. And I found a quote from Forever Odd. Mm -hmm. 
that is just so Dean Koontz up his own ass with what he what he thinks is the profoundest statement in the world. Yeah. And I need to share this quote okay. with you. <clears throat> I will say it with appropriate gravitas. If one's friends do not openly laugh at him, they are not, in fact, his friends. How else would one learn to avoid saying those things that would elicit laughter from strangers? The mockery of friends is affectionate, and it inoculates from foolishness. Maybe I don't want to read the book series. No, you don't. It's Dean Koontz. You don't want to read Dean Koontz. (laughs) Fair, fair. Uh, Linda gives it four stars. And says, haven't watched this yet, but my husband picked it out and said I would like it. He's usually right. But... <laughs> yep, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, Cindy Atkinson gives it four stars, uh, titling the review Different, and the review reads, Timely. Sorry, could you reread that review for Timely. me? Timely. When was this review written? Uh, 2019. What's timely about that movie? <laughs> a great question casper gives it four stars and titles the review four stars and says i don't review movies past the star rating system okay yeah some real bangers okay some real bangers oh apparently the director is the same guy who directed the mummy yep that's what i saw on this on the um movie art cover poster boy that made me go yeah that'll be something (laughs) yeah and it was. Yeah, yeah. So, um, any final thoughts on this movie before we wrap things up? I'm trying to decide if I want to go back and watch it with sound. Same. Like, after some of these reviews and how unchristian it sounds, I don't think I want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, of course. We wouldn't want unchristian anti-cop propaganda in our house. Never. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We sure didn't. Unsound Theories is a production of So Says Media. You can follow us on Twitter at Unsound Theories or follow Kat and Kira at ZaftiCat, Z-A-F-T-I-K-A-T, and at Sapphire underscore Mess, respectively. The best way to support the work we do is to tell a friend and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Good Pods. If you'd like to support our work monetarily to help us keep the lights on, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash Media. There you'll gain access to behind-the-scenes content, Patreon-exclusive episodes, and so much more. The music used in this episode is Dance on All the Cell Phones by Chris Postel. You can find this and Chris's other work at soundslikeanearful.com. Until next time, stay wizard. <laughs>